It's 4 o'clock, Southern California Live on KKLA. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Always nice to have you along. Always nice when you join us during the hour. Our number is 888-52-TALKS. So just write that down somewhere in case something we say this hour prompts you to want to call in. 888-528-2557 is the number to call. Um I got some statistics for you. You ready? Statistics as we start off this hour. And and what we're going to talk about this hour, it may it may actually be too late for you. We, we may be uh, too far gone for you on this because we want to talk about how much money people are spending on Christmas and and how we can have a, a happy, merry Christmas without break of the bank. Parents in America in the year 2021 are planning to spend an average per child. How much are you spending per child on your kids for Christmas? You got a number in mind? Marianne and I would always kind of have a number. We're going to spend about this much per child. We still do. Our kids are adult kids. We kind of set a budget for how much we're going to do per kid. We're tightwads because I'm looking at how much the average parent is spending per child, and we are way under this number. What do you think the number is, average per child? You ready? $276 per kid. I'm, I'm trying to whistle. That's a lot. That's a lot. Marianne, if Marianne was here, she would go, are, are these people out of their minds? One in 10 of the gifts that are given on Christmas will get taken back to the store. 41% of Americans are willing to take on debt due to gift shopping. We will spend $6.1 billion this year on Christmas trees, about $85 for a real tree, about 120 for a fake tree. Uh, we are planning, 21% of us are planning to spend less money this year on holiday gifts than we did last year. And in total, Americans will be spending, the average American will be spending $886 on Christmas gifts this year. One more statistics, women spend 20 hours on average shopping for holiday presents. Wow. So what about you? Have have you got a budget in mind? Are you already over the budget? Do you go into debt for Christmas? Have you done that in years past? Has it come back to bite you? Um, how can you have a Merry Christmas and not make, uh, make, make debt at the center of it all? I was thinking about this, this question recently, and I thought about a, a friend who I've talked to before who knows a little something about, um, how to get out of debt when you're in it, how to stay out of debt when you're not in it, and how to how to how life can function well without you getting messed up with debt. Cherry Lowe is joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live. Cherry and her husband uh live in Ohio. Is it Ohio or Indiana? Which where do you live, Cherry? Much colder here than it is there, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Glad to have you on this afternoon. Thanks for carving out some time to be with us. 
Yeah, I'm so glad to talk to you about this subject. It is so important, and I'm excited to share just a little bit of our story and a few ideas too. Yeah, you you've written a book. This this is a this is an ebook, right? This is one that you can go online and download and have in your hands in five seconds. Called "Keep the Happy Keep the Happy in Your Holidays: Twenty One Ways to Save Time, Money, and Sanity." this Christmas season, but I want to pull back and talk about your story. You mentioned that. Um, if we went back, what is it, 10, more than 10 years ago that you and Brian were in, in deep debt? Yeah. Yeah, it was more than 10. It was, we started our journey on April the 2nd of 2008, because it's never a good idea to start anything on April Fool's Day, we think. <laughs> and so we began a journey of paying off all of our consumer debt. It was a journey we thought would take 15 years or um, seven and a half if we really hustled and reduced our lifestyle. And yet we're so grateful that God is so much better at math than we ever were, because just under four years later, March of 2012, we sat at our kitchen table and paid off our final debt. We had paid off 127000 um, $482.30 in that time, which to me is just a miracle. Um, and I know probably a lot of people might relate to it. They might think that's a lot of debt. They might not think that that's very much debt, but it was quite the journey for us. Yeah, you came, both came into marriage with, with credit card debt. Did you have student loans as well? Yep, we had a mixed bag of everything. So we had a car loan. Um, we had credit card debt to the tune of $16,000. We actually had just had a baby the month before we started this journey, which seems like a bad time, but I always tell people there is no good time to begin paying off debt. There is only today. There will only ever be today because it will never be a good time. Um, And so we had medical debt due to that. I had a root canal, which was no fun and expensive, too. We had bought furniture on a payment plan, and then we had upwards of $90,000 in student loan debt, which was just astronomical. Um, And so we were really struggling financially. We were barely making ends meet. And we began this journey of seeing what we could do differently because we knew that it wasn't going to get any better. It was only going to get worse. When you stare down a number like $127,000 and look at that, like you said, this is going to take 15 years. I would have looked at that and thought, this is going to be 15 miserable years for us just eking by. I mean, who wants to do that? It doesn't sound like very much fun, right? And yet it was such an amazing journey because it really whittled away at what I thought was important versus what really is important and what I thought I liked versus what I really loved. And we found all kinds of joy and crazy opportunities in the midst of that journey that I never saw coming. And it's been, we were just talking about this, so next year it will be a decade that we've been out of debt. So we like to say that's like losing the weight and keeping it off. You know, we have <laughs> lived without it since then. And um, it really, you don't need, it sounds ridiculous, right? But you don't need money to be happy. Certainly, Money is a tool and helps us do all kinds of things, but you don't need money for a Merry Christmas and you don't need money to be happy. And so um, it's all about kind of using your mindset to um, better your finances, but also get a clearer picture of who you are too. 
Which was harder for you? Was it harder to start the journey to to pay off the debt, or was it harder to to walk through those four years and to have to daily say no to things that you were used to saying yes to and getting out your credit card for? Yeah, you know, it was all hard. <laughs> I, I don't ever want to miss words. You know, there was definitely joy in the journey, but I do think the beginning was terrifying. And in my book, Slaying the Debt Dragon, I talk a lot about how being in debt is like being in the dark. When you're in your house at night, there are no Christmas lights on. There's not a hall light. There's not a night light. And it really feels like you're all alone. And it feels like no one else is as for me, at least, it felt like no one else was as stupid with money as I had been. And it felt mm-hmm. like no one else understood where I was at. And I felt like I was trapped and desperate and alone. And I think that beginning part is hard for so many people because, especially people in the church, I think we look around in the pews and we think everybody else has got their act together. And that's just not true. We're all struggling. We're all trying to make our way through the world. And so... That was, that was definitely hard, and I think things ebb and flow. You know, I got really good and creative at saving money and, um, you know, using different rewards programs and making our Christmas merry still, even though we didn't have as much income or as much, it wasn't income, but as much flexibility with credit as we would have had. And so um, I think there is some challenge in both the beginning and the enduring um, but if you are smart and you set small goals for yourself within the greater goal, then it becomes addictive almost, and it becomes exciting as you see the momentum and the success. And your book lays this out, that Slaying the Debt Dragon, and I would just say to folks who are going, okay, I'm fed up with this. we got to find a way to get out of the mess that we're in. This is killing us, and, and we got to do something. Get a copy of the book because you, you map out your story and, and give very – helpful, practical tips. If there, if there are one or two things that you'd say to a couple that's on the front end of this journey and they're going, I just don't know that we can do it, what are, what, what's the mm-hmm. encouragement you'd give them? Yeah, I, the book itself, I really wanted to be both a, a kind of philosophical, here's the financial underpinnings of what you're doing, but also like, what does this look like on a Friday night when there's nothing to eat and we know we can't afford to go out? And what does this look like at Christmas time when we're trying to buy gifts? And what does this look like on our kids' birthdays? And, you know, all across the border, just that practical wisdom. But my first step would be to say, you can do this. You are smart enough. You are capable. Um, I always tell people, like, if you can read a book, then you can definitely pay off debt. Or if you can bake a cake or you can run a mile, like all of those skills are transferable. So you can do it. I firmly believe you can. Will it be hard? Probably. Do you need a plan? Definitely. But, you know, I think you are able. And so that would be my first sort of breath of encouragement to people who want to dive into this. We're talking to Cherry Lowe, the author of the the book Slaying the Debt Dragon, also a book called Keep the Happy in Your Holidays, 21 Ways to Save Time and Money and Your Sanity During the Christmas Season. In those four years that you were working to pay off your debt, was Christmas those four years? Did you give give each other stuff from the dollar store? Or, I mean, what, what did you do <laughs> for Christmas presents during those years? Yeah, so... 
this is probably not going to be a super popular answer, but for um, my husband and I, we elected not to give each other Christmas presents during those four years. Um, so since we're adults, we both knew that we were doing something for the greater good and those dollars could be channeled toward paying off debt. Um, we did that also with Valentine's Day and with birthdays and anniversaries all the way through those um, four years. We didn't give gifts to each other, um, which I think now we um, we do still give gifts to each other, but it's, it's slightly different because we know that that is not necessarily um, a have to in our relationship. Yeah. Everybody functions differently, and I'm not – I don't prescribe that for everyone. That was just a choice that worked for both of us that we both agreed upon. So I did know you, some people you, that gift giving. Go ahead. I, I, I'm just thinking, did you cry on that first Christmas when you're just looking at going, we're not um, giving each other Christmas gifts? <laughs> no, I mean, my my mom and dad still gave me Christmas gifts and, <laughs> you know, his parents gave us Christmas gifts. So I wasn't like a poor little um, sad sack under the tree or anything like that. And. <laughs> I was so focused. We had two girls at the time. One was the first Christmas would have been an infant, and the other one um, would have been uh, right around that first grade sort of kindergarten era. And so I was so focused on them that it really didn't dawn on me. And we had, since we'd started in April, we had started to catch some wind, and we had successfully paid off a couple of things by that point in time. And so... It, it really didn't impact me in that way. I love presents. I really do. So you can send any that you want to, me, <laughs> want to, to me. And, uh, but, you know, I was, we are not monsters. We definitely gave to our children. Um, they definitely got Christmas gifts. And we have a specific gift-giving strategy that we still hold to that I lay out in this little ebook that you can get on Amazon or where any ebooks are sold. But um, I think that, you know, refocusing your lens on what a gift is and um, how we give is it's just different, you know, and, and I knew it would be for a short period of time. It wasn't a forever thing. It was a, at least for these handful of years, um, we can do it. Okay. One more question. And then I want to talk about Christmas. And the one more question is during the four years that you were digging out, did you still give to your local church? Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a tricky question, right? We did a lot of things, and we did give some. We did not tie the full 10%, and I always tell people that I'm very upfront and honest about that, but we did a lot of volunteer work. Both my husband did a lot of pro bono work, and I did a lot of volunteer work in the church. We spent a lot of time there, um, almost to the point where you might have thought that we were on staff. Um, so, I, you know, everybody has a different principle and philosophy about giving when it comes to paying off debt. And I tend to echo Tim Keller's point of view, which is you need to give something and you need to feel it. There needs to be a sacrifice involved. Um, If you are in debt up to your eyeballs, that may not look like 10% for you. If you are debt free, that may not look like 10% for you. And it doesn't look like 10% for us anymore. It looks like way more. So, you know, it's, it's a, a challenging sort of thing to nail down, um, and I know that's not necessarily the orthodox view, but that's where we land. Jerry Lowe joining us this afternoon. Let's talk about uh, Christmas, and, and first of all, $278 per child for Christmas. You're not spending that much, are you? <laughs> well, 
definitely not then. Um, it depends on the gift for the kid. And so I would rather invest more dollars on something that's going to last a long time than to buy a bunch of lot of little junky stuff, right? So I, as your kids get older, the gifts get smaller and more expensive, it seems. Yes, you know, yes, it's like a, a phone or it's a piece of technology, you know, and um, but it's also not going to be locked away in a closet January the 15th. Yeah, so I, I guess for if, us, you're give, if you're given a bicycle or if you're given some piece yeah. of gear that's going to be useful, I, yeah, I can see where you go, okay, this would stretch us I beyond what we normally... I could see how you could Right, select. yeah, right. Right. I could see, you know, you're giving your kid a, a nice musical instrument that's going to yeah. be played for years, um, something that's an investment rather than just stuff that's going to break and junk. But for our family, we do three gifts with our kids. And we did this before we paid off debt and while we paid off debt and now that we are debt free. So um, we typically do a book because I feel like reading is always a gift and everyone should be um, investing in their kids' reading passions. For uh, our kids, that has looked differently over the years. Sometimes it's a faith-based book. Sometimes it's a cookbook. Um, sometimes it's like for my one daughter who's very much a musician, it's music. Um, it might be a sketchbook for my other daughter who's an artist. So, you know, it's, it's meeting the need of the kid or it might be a classic piece of literature as well. Um, we also give a, a clothing item because clothes are a gift. And I think that it's um, wise to teach your kids that, yes, we're going to provide for your needs, but having a really nice coat is still a gift. Um, and then we have what we call the wow item, and that might be something big, like it was a tricycle when, you know, my daughter was little, um, it, or it was a guitar one year, electric guitar for one of my daughters. So we stick to those three gift sort of um, principle just because it's a good boundary for me as a mom because I love buying things for my kids. Um, and it just kind of helps me sink in. And I would say for those of you that love to purchase gifts for your kids and grandkids, um, that you really need to uh, realize that that is not necessarily a bad thing. I tend to see it as the image of God within you. So if you love to give good gifts to your children, guess who else loves to give good gifts to his children? God. Well, and, 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 <laughs> so you're and, a, you're a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you you look at this, Tim, uh, um, uh, who is Gary Chapman talks about gift giving as one of the five love languages, and so giving and receiving yeah. gifts for some of our kids, for some of us, it's the way, the primary way that they know that they're loved, right? Yeah, exactly, and it is a reflective reflection of a loving father who literally sent his son to earth, and that's what we're celebrating, you know. So I think that that's. It's a very good and healthy thing. It's just when we begin to let it control us and get out of control um, that it becomes a bit of a problem. So we do those three gifts. We also do a stocking. Or um, I have actually done things for my girls in past years where I've done like a pillowcase instead of a stocking because stockings tend to be filled with junk. Um, you know, there are things that get trampled on or thrown away pretty soon. And so I would rather give my kids like, an awesome box of their favorite junky cereal that normally I would never buy <laughs> right? Um, in a little pillowcase, you know, that still doesn't cost as much as a toy or a gadget that would go in a stocking, but it's not 
you know, the stocking's not big enough to hold it. So we've done pillowcases and other containers rather than a stocking. Typically, I do focus on practical needs, things like a fun toothbrush, you know, and some other things. But you can sneak all kinds of funsies in there. We have girls, so that's where, like, nail polish and makeup and those sorts of things usually land. So some small, gifty stocking items. Yeah, I'll tell you, this is this is interesting because stockings were a big deal for me when our kids were little and I was in charge of getting the stockings. And I loved finding Aww. those things that would be kind of gag gifts, little things that they'd pull out and go, what's this? And it would make them smile. Well, with our last child, what I learned was when I he would pull out things that he didn't know what they were or what to do with them, it made him anxious it caused him to, you know, he felt, yeah, he started to to freeze up like, I'm not sure what to do with this. And, and he wasn't sure how to express gratitude for it. And I was doing it just kind of for the gag, but I had to learn that sure. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think the way everybody else does. We're talking to Cherry Lowe. We're yeah. talking about your holidays, how to keep the happy in your holidays without busting the budget. I want to talk about budgets and talk about some of the principles from your book. Uh, I also want to invite our listeners to call in with their thoughts about how they're managing their money, what they do, what limits they put on Christmas, how they're handling this so that so that the Christmas holiday can be what it can be as a as a great family experience and yet not put you put you in January singing the blues because you didn't handle it well. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. We'll continue the conversation about Christmas and money after this timeout. Stay with us. Southern California Live. Wouldn't be Southern California if Brian Wilson wasn't a part of it. 27 after uh, 4 o'clock on, on KKLA, we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about Christmas gift giving, how we make it through the season without, uh, without going into debt. Cherry Lowe is joining us. She's written a, an ebook called Keep the Happy in Your Holidays, 21 Ways to Save Time, Money, and Your Sanity This Christmas Season. And we're taking your calls at 888-52-TALKS. Before we head to the phones, Cherry, you start off with tip number one. You say, if you want to keep the happy in your holidays, you have to start by making a pledge. What's the pledge? The pledge is I'm going to stay debt-free this year. And like you said earlier, it may be a little bit late for this year, um, but you can still stop the bleeding now, (laughs) and you can focus on next Christmas as well. And I always, I love to share deals on my website, and I have a group on Facebook where I share bargains as well, the Queen of Free's favorite bargains. Um, But I always post on my site this kind of little pledge. And actually, if you get the ebook, there is a printable that you can print out that just says, this Christmas, I promise to spend less than I make, um, choose to focus on people more than things, learn to love living within my means, delighting in contentment, and celebrate God's free and wonderful gift of Jesus coming to earth. And it's a beautiful little printout that you could even frame and give away. I'm looking at it right here on on page four of the ebook, and it's also it's on the website if people want to go to slayingthedebtdragon.com, dot yeah. com, right? Yes, it is. It is. I believe um, it's uh, keep or actually it's slaying the debt dragon 
com slash holidays where you can find those. Right. Slaying, uh, it says ho- here's Happy, happy Holidays. SlayingTheDebtDragon.com yeah. slash Happy Holidays. And, uh, and th- this whole idea that you're going to start off by saying, okay, not going into debt for Christmas. People, if, if people hear that and they think, then it won't be a Merry Christmas. It won't be a Happy Christmas. My kids are going to cry on Christmas Day if I don't buy Aww. them what they're asking for. What do you do with that? Well, I think, first of all, let's think about our own mindset. And if you look back and you think about your Christmas past, um, usually when you think of Christmases, the things that you think of are not necessarily presents. Now, there was a one year that I got the faux fur rabbit um, coat, and my parents are listening. They'll remember this. (laughs) And I also got mini cowgirl boots and um, blue Barbie eyeshadow, and that was a pretty good year. Um, But in general, the things that I remember are not things at all. They're people, and and a lot of them are people who are no longer with us. And so I think really we can focus on simple things like playing board games together, fixing snacks, decorating cookies, going and looking at Christmas lights. There's so many free things or affordable things that we can do this time of the year. That will be the things your kids remember forever. Um, So, yes, it may not be presents as high as their head under the tree. You can still give something to them. I'm not saying be a Grinch, but I think just refocusing. We have uh, we've leaned into that and and think that giving an experience and giving time together is maybe more significant with our grandkids than than what it is that they might get at this age. So I'm with you. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number. Let's go to Corona. Uh, Bonnie is on the line with us in Corona. Bonnie, thanks for calling in on Southern California Live. We got you there, Bonnie. Go ahead. Hi. Um, in our family, we have um, eight kids and 14 grandchildren. Our eight, eight kids. kids. Are eight, Bonnie, eight, eight kids. kids. Yes. And our youngest just turned 18 last month. So we have a rule in our family. When you hit 18, you, you go into the game and raffle. So everybody brings uh, two $10 gift cards and a white elephant gift if you're over 18. And we play games, and you can win uh, raffle tickets to to get the, to choose gift cards, and we do the white elephant. And only the grandkids that are eighteen uh, under eighteen get gifts, and it seems to work well for all of us. It's, Christmas isn't about what can you get me; it's the fun and the family, and we really it, it works for us. And and so, what kind of games have you found that are favorite games for the family to play? Uh, family Trivia Pursuit um, is a real real popular one. Uh, Jenga is another yeah, really good yeah, one. Yeah, that's we, a good one. So, yeah. um, oh my goodness. Well, you have my daughter and her husband. They're the MC for the game, so they're in charge of all the games. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. what uh, we're, we're, having, we're getting the whole family together, so we've got only five kids and five spouses to go with them. And then we've got 12 grandkids who will be with us at Christmas. And Marianne looked at me a week ago and she said, let's get a karaoke microphone. You know, they cost like 50 bucks on Amazon, I think. And so we're planning that there will be a night when we're all together and it'll be karaoke night. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what kids are going to talk about 10 years from now, not what they got or didn't get for Christmas. Cherry, that that's kind of what you're aiming at when you talk about this in the book, right? 
Yes, definitely. And first of all, that was not Bonnie. That was St. Bonnie with that many kids and that many grandkids. Um, And what an amazing focus, right? And 100% that that family is going to remember that time together way more than they ever remember any presents that they receive. Yeah, eight 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 fifty two talks the number to call, uh, or you can email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Let's go to Bellflower. Lillian is with us in Bellflower. Lillian, welcome to Southern California Live. Nice to have you on this afternoon. Hi, Bob. I'm a new listener, and I'm really nervous. I've never done any anything <laughs> like this on the radio, but I just wanted to tell you I really in, am enjoying your programming and your um, your guest uh, has very very good um, information, and I agree with her. You know, my I'm the one who always goes over the top. My kids are older, and I go all out on stockings. But this year, I'm not going to. And my children have been after me for years to write a cookbook, and I yeah yeah yeah. You know, I just never get around. But they're getting a handwritten cookbook with all of my recipes. And at the end of the recipe, I'm going to put a Bible phrase pertaining to family and fun. And we're also, as your uh, previous caller said about white elephant party, uh, we're going to do that. And my kids didn't even know what that was. So we're looking forward to that. And I agree with you, Bob. They're going to remember this more than some gift that, you know, they didn't want or you know, can't use. So I'm really, I'm really grateful for your programming. Lillian, I'll tell you, I guarantee you, your grandkids are going to be fighting over who gets grandma's cookbook when, when you're long gone and your parents, your, your, your kids die. And, and that's what's, this is going to be a, a memory that you're making for your family. That's a great idea. Grandma's cookbook with, uh, with Bible verse. What a wonderful thought. Jerry, have you heard of that before? Yes, actually, I my aunt made one one year after my grandmother had passed with all my grandmother's recipes, and it is a treasured gift. And you're right, like that's going to far outlive you and maybe even the next generation, you know. So what a wonderful legacy to give to your family. 888-52-TALKS, the number to call, 888-528-2557. We're talking about what we do at Christmas, how we stay out of the poor farm. Marianne, we, we talk, I don't even, were there ever really poor farms? I don't know. But Marianne and I will look at each other and sometimes I will say, we just got a bill like this. And she go, are we going to the poor farm? And, and you know, we, we say that tongue in cheek. But, you know, you've got to be good stewards of what you've been entrusted with. I We started a tradition about, I think this is more than 10 years ago, um, right before Christmas, we will send a note out right after Thanksgiving, a note out to our kids, and we would say, we want to give um, a, a financial gift in your honor to a nonprofit, a, a ministry, a, uh, an organization. We'll let you recommend organizations to us. We're looking for ministries that uh, have a gospel focus but are doing compassion work. They're doing work to try to help the poor or the needy or the, the the homeless and and we want to um we want to provide a financial gift in your honor to that ministry and w- we started doing that and and uh on Christmas Eve we will get together with all of the kids and we will say in your honor this year we made a donation to and we'll name the ministry and and what that ministry does share with the other kids about who it was that uh 
that that their sibling recommended to us. And my oldest daughter said to me about three or four years ago, she said, this is my favorite part of Christmas is when we do this oh. on the night before Christmas and we talk about uh, these ministries and how we can help people all over the world. And I, I just think we've got to get creative with stuff like this and figure out how do we make this holiday not just about the commercial holiday it's become, but a, a spiritually focused holiday that is what it's intended to be. I love that, and it's so meaningful. And after we finished paying off debt, we set up an additional bank account above and beyond our tithe that we call the Generous Fund, and that is simply there for giving. And we've been able to do some super fun things all throughout the year, but definitely during Christmas we are looking for opportunities to bless people. And a few years ago we bought sewing machines for my um, hometown school system because the home ec class needed sewing machines. And then they turned around and used those sewing machines at Christmas time to make ornaments that went into the nursing home. And I just mm. sat at my kitchen table and cried because that was not even something on my radar when we gave to that project. And it was just neat to see that generosity ripple out. Sherry Lowe is joining us this afternoon. The book she's written is called Keep the Happy in Your Holidays, 21 Ways to Save Time, Money, and Your Sanity This Christmas Season. And, you know, we we think about um, how we can go into a holiday like this and our kids' expectations, and uh, we want it to be a Merry Christmas for them. Sometimes that drives us to spend more than we should. One of your tips in the book, Sherry, is to... um, to sit down with your kids, talk about what you can and can't do, and help cultivate a contentment culture in your home. Talk a little more about that. Yeah, you know, from the get-go, we really involved our kids in this journey of paying off debt, and that is because of something that we um, called the monster under the bed syndrome, which the idea is your kids already know if you are struggling with your finances. They are not stupid, and they are paying attention to everything. And so we told our kids, hey, we are going to do this, and our lives are going to look a little bit different than they did, and we're not going to eat out as often, and we're going to be a little more limited um, with the way that we do things in our home. And so I think that's really good because then it doesn't become this like horrifying thing like, oh no, what's going to happen? And I always told the story back in 2008, it was the financial crisis, the housing bubble. And our daughter um, was, you know, in that um, kindergarten year going into first grade. And she was um, standing at the window because the news kept talking about trouble on Main Street. Turns out we live on Main Street, and that was wow. terrifying for her. So, you know, like kids pick up on things. And I think when it comes to cultivating contentment with kids and Christmas time, it's really a smart idea to begin with a thankful list and just have them sit down. Obviously, this is a great thing to do around Thanksgiving, but any time of the month is super. Have them sit down and say, you know, what it is that they love and write down their favorite memories from the year. Um, and really, you could do a running list all December long. 
Jerry Lowe is joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live on KKLA. We'll take a quick time out. More of your phone calls when we come back. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. Email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. Southern California Live, KKLA, there's that wall of sound for you. 47 minutes after uh, 4 o'clock, 13 before 5, we're talking about how we uh, how we keep some sanity and uh, keep from going crazy during Christmas, how we keep our, uh, our checkbook balanced during Christmas. Cherry Lowe is joining us. She's written a book called Keep the Happy in Your Holidays. Uh, the number to call is 888-52-TALKS, 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven. If you've got ideas, suggestions, tips on how to make Christmas a meaningful time for your family without breaking the bank, give us a call. Join in the conversation. We're going to talk about the part of this that you love, Sherry. It's and, and I mention this because your Facebook page is the Queen of Free, right? Right. Yeah. And you've got a website, queenoffree.net, that people can go to. You love, you love deals and and saving money, right? I do. I love, I love anything free, <laughs> um, and I always have ever since I was like nine years old. And really, when we started paying off debt, queenoffree.net was birthed out of me finding freebies and samples and just wanting to share that love and joy, and then kind of morphed into more of personal finance ideas and frugal living tips too. But there are going to be some days come up in about, um, well, let's see, it'll be uh, Christmas is on a Saturday. So I don't know how much is going to be on Sunday, but come Monday, the 27th uh, stores will have some, some big deals. Do you go shopping in that week between Christmas and new year's and hit the clearance sales? Uh, you know, this is obviously not a typical year since we're still struggling with some of the, the germs floating around out in the air. But a lot of times, yes, I do love to hit the Christmas clearance because it's crazy what we will pay, you know, full price for on December the 23rd or December the 24th. And then a week later, it's 90 percent off. <laughs> and so there are plenty of deals to be had. So what are the best ones? What do you go out hunting for uh, right after Christmas, like like wrapping paper for next year? Yeah, I love both wrapping paper and cards. And my husband and I were just talking about this this morning at the breakfast table because I have boxes of cards that I've bought in years past for a dime, like the entire box for a dime. <laughs> and so we still have those. We're still using those. And then it becomes a little comical um, with his assistant, he loves to give the same one every year because of that. But um, and it's a little running joke with them. But another great find is anything that is solid red kitchenware because red is such a primary color for every holiday. It's Valentine's Day. It's Fourth of July. You know, a lot of sporting teams and a lot of uh, kids' characters have the featured color of red. And so, if you can buy red bowls um, that could be used for chips and snacks, or if you can find red napkins on clearance, anything that's that solid print. And I'd even say that with wrapping paper as well, that's not Christmas specific that you can use throughout the year. That's a great find. 
Are you better off uh, shopping in person, assuming you can do so safely? Are you better? Will you find more deals in person than you'll find online? Uh, we'll see a mixture, definitely on holiday decor, um, things like lights and, um, you know, those sorts of trees, those sorts of things. You're going to find better deals in store um, than you will online simply because the stores will be wanting to clear that stuff out to put the Valentine's Day stuff out. So, you know, they're going to be moving everything through pretty quickly. But candy and baking goods are another great find during the clearance time because you can use those. It's going to taste just as sweet January the 3rd or <laughs> February the 3rd as it when, is on when, December the 20th. When we're all on our diets on January 3rd, trying to get rid of what we put on. <laughs> Jackie is joining us Very this afternoon from, from Compton. Jackie, thanks for calling in. You're live on Southern California Live. Yes, thank you. Um, I love the show, by the way. I love thank it. Thank you. Um, I What I did this year, I, I started it in January because I found myself every Christmas struggling, thinking I have seven grandkids, three grown children, my family's getting bigger, and I found myself struggling. Like I didn't have enough money to buy gifts. So what I did is I decided to recycle. I said I would pick up a can. I take walks. So I started picking up cans, and I recycled, and I said, this money is going to be for Christmas. Hmm. And I feel so much relief now. I put it all in a can, and I just, I said, this is my money. This is my budget. And it, it worked out great for me. Um, how mu- how much were you able day. to put in the can over the year? I got over $800. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yes. I got 843 and I think it was, I don't know, some change. But it was I started it in January. Actually, it was January the 2nd, and I just kept doing it. And I'm still doing it now because now I'm going to do it for next year. So, and, and, Do yes. you take, like, a trash bag out with you when you go for your walk just so you yes, can gather I stuff do. up? Yes, I take a couple <laughs> of bags with me. Yes, I do. <laughs> what do the neighbors think when they see you tugging your bags full of, pla- of, of cans home? <laughs> some neighbors some neighbors think I'm struggling. <laughs> And I tell them, no, this is this is just something I like to do. And then there's others when I tell them what I'm doing. They say, that's so beautiful what you're doing. And I actually have some neighbors that they said, you know what? We throw our cans away. So why don't we just give them to you? And I said, thank you so much. So <laughs> it worked out beautiful. And actually, I am now going to start something different. I'm going to put half of that money, and I'm going to don't. This is really what I planned. I'm going to donate it to, like, certain um, like I love Pastor Sam, I listen to him, yes. and I, he's always asking to help us program. And I'm going to put some money to the side for that now too, because I realized, wow, you know, it really worked out for me. I think God just blessed me. I really do. Uh, I I love that, Jackie. Thank you for calling this afternoon, and and Sherry, what a creative way for people to think. What could we do that would be? Uh, it'd be service. Maybe we'd make a little money, and we can just start a Christmas fund through the year. I think it's beautiful, and it's that kind of creativity instead of just saying I'm stuck, of thinking outside the box. And look, she's getting exercise, she's cleaning up the community, yep. and she's saving money for Christmas. Like, that hits so many 
awesome ministries all at once. What a gift. I love that. Sherry Lowe has been joining us this afternoon. Sherry, it's great to have you on. The book is called Keep the Happy in Your Holidays. You can go to Amazon or wherever and download the book and some great ideas in here. And I hope it's a Merry Christmas for you and your family. I hope all of our listeners have a Merry Christmas, and I hope we can all get together in January and say, Okay, we made it through, and we we can we can get out of this without having to uh, to sell stuff on eBay to pay for Christmas uh, again. Cherry, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Ah, uh, thank you so much. And then, look, if I'd love to come back and talk about fresh starts with your money in the new year too. So, um, what a gift to talk to you today. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening this afternoon. We'll see you back tomorrow for another edition of Southern California Live on KKLA.